alternative radio station and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. <laughs> Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Broadcasting from UC Irvine, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. I'm Tani Tanuvio, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Welcome, and my Govanin. And whether you're joining us live or online... Welcome, and I want to say a very special hello today to some dear friends who are listening in through my favorite message board, <clears throat> theonering.com, a place that I uh, discovered, it'll be t- 10 years ago in August, when I um, was enchanted by the worlds of Middle Earth and the works of J.R.R. Tolkien and just couldn't find people who were quite as crazy about this um, stuff as I was, but I discovered them in an alternate universe <laughs> on thewondering.com. And you can visit them. That is, um, it's officially known as Torque or Tolkien Online, but it's thewondering.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, they have a message board and chat, you know, place where you can uh, talk to people just about the things of your day. There's also music. Uh, forums on music, the languages, stories that uh, people make, ad- additional adventures of Middle Earth, and um, all kinds of things of that nature, poetry. So you might want to log in there. If you do, I am Falathiel, daughter of the Coastlands, and you can say hi. My charming and enduring Hobbit co-host is off on other adventures for a while, and I'm afraid he will not be with us. For some time, um, it saddens my heart because I so enjoy his company, but I'm excited for him to be off on adventures, even though I know that sometimes for hobbits they're a little reluctant about adventures, but he's going to be off on other adventures for a while. So hopefully at some point we will have the hobbit back in studio with movie reports and uh, his beautiful voice and readings from Tolkien. Um, In case you are tuning in for the first time, well, if you'd like to contact us, or if you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at askanelf at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. And um, you can find podcasts of the show, information about this show, and up all the public affairs programs at KUCI at www.kucitalk.org. 
You can listen to the show online through our website at KUCI.org and also through iTunes and podcasts are available through iTunes as well. Again, I want to say a very special hello to everyone who may be listening from the Orange County area at 88.9 FM. And for those listening online, a very special hello as well, especially to Vanna, who is up in Washington, and Syl Gwynelf, which a geographically challenged elf that I am, I always seem to forget where people are from. But I'm excited, and I hope you get your veggies. <laughs> and welcome to the show. So, in case you are tuning in for the first time, you may be wondering what this is all about. Well, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she as a modern elf celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, things the elves care deeply about? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that's a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as Gandalf said to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, I like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and the lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. We believe, I believe, Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, with great privilege comes responsibility. So in Arwen we see courage, wisdom, beauty, a sense of humor and gaiety and service to others. So thank you so much for tuning in. Today we actually have a special program that will be going for two hours. The Blue and Gold Report, which normally airs at 5 o'clock, celebrating and uh, talking about the athletic events going on here at UC Irvine will be on a little vacation for this week and next week. Next week is the elf's birthday, so we'll be having some great fun next week. Um, but we're also going to have some great fun this week, and I'm very excited because this coming Sunday is uh, national, well, I guess it's national, but it's Tolkien designated as Tolkien Reading Day. And uh, it was originally designated that by the Tolkien Society who's over in England, and I'll read a little bit about that to you. So today we're going to be celebrating the works of J.R.R. Tolkien with some readings from his works, both um, from his fictional works and also a little bit from his essay on his defense of fantasy from his essay on fairy stories. And so I just wanted to... Uh, so this coming Sunday, the 25th, is designated as Tolkien Reading Day. And there are various events going on in different places. Um, I wasn't able to find something right here in Irvine, so I may have to organize something myself this coming Sunday. I wish, uh, Vanna, dear, that you were closer because we could have so much fun. Uh, you, me, and Guru, and we, can, we could uh, find Elinoth and Ellen Gill and all get together and dance, elvish dances, and read Tolkien's work and just Guru could play the harp and it would just be wonderful. 
but perhaps next year. I might have to come up there for my birthday and for Tolkien Reading Day, and we can just have a great celebration. Um, but there are some things going on. You can uh, use the palantiri of the Internet, the uh, Google, and find uh, some events going on. There is one that I found going on in Boulder, Colorado. Love Boulder. Um, it's the Grey Havens Group. So they're going to be doing something in Longmont, 12 to 4 p.m. at Barbed Wire Books in Longmont. So in case you're a Tolkien enthusiast and you live anywhere within uh, driving distance of uh, Boulder or Longmont, uh, you might want to take a little trip over to the Barbed Wire Books from 12 to 4 p.m. They'll be celebrating Tolkien Reading Day with readings and all kinds of fun things going on. So in case you're wondering, well, where did this come about? I'm going to read a little bit to you from the website of the Tolkien Society, and you can find uh, all kinds of wonderful things about uh, Tolkien and ways to celebrate the works of the professor. They have uh, uh, the birthday toast uh, in September. They have Tolkien's um, Bilbo and Frodo's birthday party. And so today we ha- so this coming Sunday is Tolkien Reading Day. And it says here, in 2012, the Tolkien Society invites you to join in celebrating the 75th anniversary of the publication of The Hobbit, 75 years ago. The purpose of Tolkien Reading Day is to invite everyone to discover and enjoy the books written by J.R.R. Tolkien through talking about them and through activities associated with them. This year, our Tolkien Reading Day topic is 75 Years of the Hobbit, and a set of online resources have been created with have been created with ideas and suggestions to help you enjoy this book. So if you go to the Tolkien Society, they actually have little games you can play with the kids and different little things you can do. Uh, it says here the pages on The Hobbit have two overviews, The Story of the Hobbit in Brief and a chapter-by-chapter summary, which offer uh, summaries of different links... If you are new to the story, break down lists of the main themes, characters, and places in the story, and there are suggestions for all ages, including questions for quizzes and understanding the stories and activities uh, using the book. Oh, my gosh, this sounds like way too much fun. (laughs) So this was uh, launched, uh, so you can go to the Tolkien Society website, and there is, uh, it says here, launched in... 2003 Tolkien Reading Day event has sparked interest in reading and reading groups across several nations and ages from primary school children to university students and library users of all ages. 25th March has significance to Tolkien's reader as it is the day of the downfall of Sauron at the conclusion of the War of the Rings and the Lord of the Rings. And it says here that schools and libraries can contact the society for copies of these educational packs, bookmarks and posters. Uh, Members of the public, libraries, or reading groups wishing to hold an event near to rather than on the 25th can contact the society for free posters to help with publicizing their event. And you can email publicity at tolkiensociety.org. That's T-O-L-K-I-E-N. S-O-C-I-E-T-Y dot org. Tolkiensociety.org. And um, I thought it was kind of interesting how they came about with, because they were 
if they hope they have still have that page. Um, oh yes, here. How Tolkien Reading Day came about? It all came about because a New York journalist inquired whether there was such a thing as a Tolkien Reading Day. It says here, my grandparents were fishing folk from Bucky in the north of Scotland, carriers of old stories and legends, and the trilogy has filled a certain hole in my life. I have many friends here in New York who were equally moved by the book, reignited by the film, and we all wondered, is there any day devoted informally to readings from the trilogy in the way that Bloomsday is devoted to Joyce? That inquiry was sent to the Tolkien Society, Tolkien Society in January 2002. The then committee liked the idea and after a certain amount of discussion picked March 25th as Tolkien Reading Day. The rest, as they say, is history. And um, they have a little thing here if you want to read it about why March 25th. And it was kind of partly because they had something going on in January for the... Um, for the professor's birthday and there's something going on in September for Frodo and Bilbo's birthday and also one of the things it said a reading event will probably be an indoor activity though not exclusively of course we here in Southern California like to meet in uh, parks and any place that looks kind of um, hobbitish or shy like the Shire um, but March certainly in the northern hemisphere is more suited to indoors than out the other dates um, would be better served to something outdoors. So there you have it, March 25th, National Tolkien Reading Day. Or I guess it's not natural, national, but I, I guess I can call it national. But it is Tolkien Reading Reading Day. So you might want to get together with some of your friends and celebrate, or maybe just spend some time yourself going over these lovely books. Today I'm going to play some excerpts from, I'm going to read a little bit in a little while, but I want you to hear the, the professor himself reading from some of his own work, and also his son Christopher, who we have to thank for all of the wonderful books in J.R.R.'s lifetime. We really only got The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and a few other uh, varied things, but all of the histories of Middle-earth, the Silmarillion, the, I believe it's 12 volumes of the history, or maybe it's 14 volumes of the history of Middle-earth, Book of Lost Tales, um, those were all put together and published for us through the work of his son Christopher Tolkien, who was very much a part of um, the reading and, and of you know, kind of the, the evolution, you might say, of the works of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings over the many years. So very close to his father on those things. So a perfect person to edit the books and prepare them for us, the public, to enjoy. And were, was, would it not be for his love of his father's work and his devotion to that task, we would not have access to those wonderful writings. So I'm always very grateful to Christopher Tolkien. And he also is a delightful reader of some of the works. So we will be hearing some readings from him, from um, actually from the Silmarillion. So I wanted to start first um, because, well, because it is my birthday month, <laughs> and I'm Tani Tanuviel, and I have favorite uh, passages, so I thought, well, I'm, I've just got to share my favorite. And 
So we're going to, um, and my, one of my favorite things is the story of Aragorn and Arwen, and of course, I, one of my other favorite stories is the story of Luthien and Beren, and how they're all tied together, and with Galadriel. Uh, so those of you who are wondering what Galadriel's doing in The Hobbit, there's all this backstory of all these, a lot of these people, especially the elves and the Valar, were around long, long time before the hobbits ever showed up on the scene, so it's not like they weren't around in Middle-earth when the events of The Hobbit were taking place. So I'm going to read for you, for, uh, play for you first, J.R.R. Tolkien, reading from The um, Fellowship of the Ring, Book One, the chapter A Knife in the Dark, and we're going to hear the professor uh, reading the song of Berin and Luthien. This is KUCI in Irvine. If you would uh, like to send me an email, I'd love to hear from you at askanelf at yahoo.com or want to give me a call, 949-824-5824, 949-824-5824. I would love to hear from you. And so here is J.R.R. Tolkien with, let me make sure I get the right one here. The Song of Berin and Lucien, QCI in Irvine. I will tell you the tale of Tinuviel, said Strider, in brief, for it is a long tale which the end is not known. And there are none now except Elrond that remember it aright as it was told of old. He was silent for some time, and then he began not to speak, but to chant softly. The leaves were long, the grass was green. The hemlock umbels dull and fair, and in the glade a light was seen of stars in shadow shimmering. Tinuviel was dancing there the, to music of a pipe unseen. The light of stars was in her hair and in her raiment glimmering. There Beren came from mountains cold, and lost he wandered under leaves, and where the elven river rolled he walked alone and sorrowing. He peered between the hemlock leaves and saw in wonder flowers of gold upon her mantle and her sleeves and her hair like shadow following. Enchantment healed his weary feet that over hills were doomed to roam and forth he hastened, strong and fleet and grasped at moonbeams glistening. Through woven woods in elven home she lightly fled on dancing feet and left him lonely still to roam the silent forest listening. There off the flying sound of feet as light as linden leaves, or music welling underground in hidden hollows quavering. Now withered lay the hemlock sheaves, and one by one with sighing sound, whispering fell the beechen leaves in the wintry woodland wavering. He sought her ever wandering far, where leaves of years were thickly strewn, by light of moon and ray of star in frosty heavens shivering. Her mantle glinted in the moon as on a hilltop high and far she danced, and at her feet was strewn a mist of silver quivering. When winter passed she came again, and her song released the sudden spring, like rising lark and falling rain and melting water bubbling. He saw the elven flower spring about her feet and heal again. He longed by her to dance and sing on the grass untroubling. Again she fled, but swift he came, Tinuviel, Tinuviel, he called her by her elvish name, and there she halted, listening. One moment stood she, and a spell his voice laid on her. Beren came, and doom fell on Tinuviel, that in his arms lay glistening. As Beren looked into her eyes within the shadow of her hair, 
the trembling starlight of the skies he saw their mirrored shimmering. Genuvia the elven fair, immortal maiden elven wise, about him cast her shadowy hair and arms like silver glimmering. Long was the way that fate them bore o'er stony mountains golden grey, through halls of iron and darkling door and woods of nightshade morrowless. The sundering seas between them lay, and yet at last they met once more. And long ago they passed away in the forest singing sorrowless. is included with the book The Music of the Lord of the Rings Music by Doug Adams and we heard um, actually it's called oh I don't have the <laughs> I don't have the descriptions it's an alternate version it's an instrumental Arwen's song and then the second one is Arwen's song which you may recognize that one um as being in the movie, because it is, and what I love there, that the elvish voices uh, Arwen is singing, Yamar Prestarain, which means the world is changed, which the first time we hear that little verse is actually in the prologue of the movie, uh, where we it all begins uh, in The Lord of the Rings with Galadriel saying, Yama Prestarain, the world is changed. Hanmathana Nen, Hanmathana Hai, Ahanmastan Nedralif. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. So I love the way Howard Shore weaves all these things and reintroduces them at wonderful times in the movies. So um, I'm going to read for you one of my favorite passages from J.R. Tolkien's work. And we will be getting to some readings from the professor uh, on The Hobbit, from The Hobbit, because we are celebrating 75 years of The Hobbit. But, um, of course, we know that the tale of Aragorn and Arwen is deeply woven into the tales of The Hobbit and of the Lord of the Rings, and mm, I don't think I brought the Fellowship of the Ring with me today. I have just about everything else. I have the Return of the King, the Silmarillion, and the Book of Lost Tales. Uh, but there's a wonderful part in there where um, Frodo comes to Rivendell, and it says that he looked on her whom 
few mortals had seen. So up to that point, even though eventually she became queen with Aragorn of Middle-earth, at that uh, point she was, uh, few mortals had actually seen her because she stayed mostly in, well, in Rivendell and in the home of her, um, her mother's mother, Galadriel. So this from the um, appendix at the end of the book of The Return of the King, of uh, the Lord of the Rings, um, from the appendix A, 5, here follows a part of the tale of Aragorn and Arwen. And this is just after Elrond has told Aragorn who he is. He grew up in the house of Elrond, and Elrond had given him the name Estelle. And he's now 20 years of age, and Elrond gives him the um, heirlooms of his house, including the ring of Barahir. says, Next day, at the hour of sunset, Aragorn walked alone in the woods, and his heart was high within him, and he sang for he was full of hope, and the world was fair. And suddenly, even as he sang, he saw a maiden walking on a greensward among the gr- white stems of the birches, and he halted amazed, thinking that he had strayed into a dream, or else that he had received the gift of the elf minstrels, who can make the things of which they sing appear before the eyes of those that listen. For Aragorn had been singing a part of the Lay of Luthien, which tells of the meeting of Luthien and Baren in the forest of Naldareth. And behold, there Luthien walked before his eyes in Rivendell, clad in a mantle of silver and blue, fair as the twilight in Elvenholm. Her dark hair strayed in a sudden wind, and her brows were bound with gems like stars. For a moment Aragorn gazed in silence, but fearing that she would pass away and never be seen again, he called to her, crying, Tenuviel, Tenuviel, even as Barin had done in the elder days long ago. Then the maiden turned to him and smiled, and she said, Who are you, and why do you call me by that name? And he answered, Because I believed you to be indeed Luthien Tenuviel, of whom I was singing. But if you are not she, then you walk in her likeness. <laughs> so many have said, she answered gravely. Yet her name is not mine, though maybe my doom will not be unlike hers. But who are you? And interesting that she says, though maybe my doom will not be unlike hers. And indeed it was, for Arwen chose mortality and gave up her home in her mortality as an elf, to stay with him and rule the Age of Peace in the Fourth Age as his queen, the queen to King Elessar. So that lovely story is in the appendix of The Return of the King. And I wanted to play a little something, so grateful to YouTube. The I always open the show with the um, a track from... The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring original recording, which is, um, I believe it's called The Council of Elrond, and it contains the song Aneron, which is the song for Aragorn and Arwen. But there's a beautiful little clip from the movies, because that song in the movie, 
the Fellowship of the Ring is actually a backdrop to a conversation that Aragorn and Arwen are having in which Aragorn <clears throat> is in uh, this beautiful room and uh, gazing, looking at the shards of Narsil and wondering um, about apparently what things are going on and Arwen comes and encourages his heart. It's one of my favorite scenes in all the movies. And then, of course, it cuts to the beautiful garden scene. And this was one of those things that is not specifically in the books, but it certainly is a conversation that could have taken place while he was at uh, Rivendell. And I'm going to play that for you now. This is KUCI in Irvine. This is What Would Arwen Do? And here are... Aragorn and Arwen with a little clip from Fellowship of the Ring. Why do you fear the past? You are a Sealdor there, not a Sealdor himself. You are not bound to his fate. The same blood flows in my veins. Your time will come. You will face the same evil, and you will defeat it. Fellowship of the Ring, the scene with Aragorn and Arwen, Arwen, where Arwen encourages him that he is Isildur's heir, not Isildur himself. And in case you have not seen the movies and you've been wondering, you know, I really should see them, watch those one of these days. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe that will be an inspiration to do that. So, um... 
This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. If you'd like to send me an email, I'd love to hear from you at askanelf at yahoo.com. So we just heard uh, J.R.R. Tolkien reading from the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, the Song of Beren and Luthien. We heard from the Appendix the story of Aragorn and Arwen, and then from a scene from the movie with a beautiful script, script that was adapted for the movies. And But this year, the Tolkien Society is celebrating 75th anniversary of The Hobbit for Tolkien Reading Day. So in a few moments, we're going to come back and have some readings from the professor, little clips from some of the Uh, different passages in The Hobbit. So let's have a little Hobbit music here to get us in the mood for that. I am Tani Tenuvio. This is KUCI in Irvine. And this is the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore. From the door where it been <laughs> But I must follow If I hit The road goes ever on and on Down from the door where it began Now far Yes, indeed, that is the voice of Ian McKellen, who will be back in The Hobbit movies as Gandalf. And I want to say, too, that um, he's fast becoming one of my personal heroes. Well, he's always been. I love his work. I've loved him in so many movies. But apparently there's a little situation going on over in England. You may know a little bit about it. I've written about this on the, uh, the other fan, uh, Tolkien fan website, which is wonderful, especially for movies, uh, for news about what's going on uh, currently with the movies and every little update you can imagine. And that would be torn, the one ring.net. But apparently there is a little pub in England that's been around for about 20 years called The Hobbit, and they've run into some problems (laughs) with the licensing, I guess the Paul Sance company about licensing and the fact that they're using the Hobbit name and they have Hobbit pictures and they have things on the menu. Um, and um, so um, Ian McKellen has kind of stepped in along with, uh, I believe it's Stephen Fry. I don't have the website right up in front of me. And uh, they've decided to allow the pub to continue under the name of The Hobbit. And um, they'll just have to like give them a special license. And it's a very small amount. In fact, Ian McKellen said he uh, might, he's going to head over to the pub after the movies and uh, might help with the paying of the license. So, yay, those of us who love to celebrate things of Middle Earth. Um, But at the same time, you know, we want to um, respect people's uh, property. But uh, so anyway, Ian McKellen has become uh, one of my heroes, as Viggo Mortensen was when, uh, with all that thing came about the movies and um, there was, they were becoming so popular and they, all the cast were so in demand. And uh, 
they, uh, you know, were offering to pay certain of the cast members more, and Vigo said, no, unless everybody gets more, we're, you know, and um, there's there's some mm, articles about that that were, they were in the um, magazines that were coming out at the time, and he became one of my heroes. He and Elijah Wood, and uh, I think maybe it was Orlando Bloom also, but I know it was Elijah and Vigo, and Vigo said, you know, nope, needs to be across the board, so... Very cool. And here we have Ian McKellen um, standing up for the Hobbit pub over in England. So with that, um, I want to say that I'm very excited that Ivana is listening. I was reading a little bit on the message board that she's listening from up in Washington. I hope you're feeling better, my dear elf princess friend. We had, um, she and I had so much fun when I went to a Tolkien, Northwest Tolkien Society event in 2005, and um, although we met at the gathering in 2003 at the premiere of The Return of the King, but I got to see her again in uh, 2005 at that special again, and that, that was when we danced under, under moonlight at midnight under the stars in her yard, and it was wonderfully elvish time, while her, dar- her sweetheart, who is now her husband, but at the time was her dear sweetheart, was playing the harp for while we elf princesses danced. And so anyway, I hope you're feeling better. I wish you could call in today, but I understand how that goes when you have a cold. Now, Gwen Elf still mentioned that she might call in. I would That would be wonderful if you want to give me a call, 949-824-5824, 949-824-5824, if you have a special passage you'd like to share with us. So I'm going to play a few little clips. So if you want to call, um, please call while I am not on the air. So while I'm playing the professor or playing some music. So still, if you're listening, I would love to hear from you. Our time is fast getting away. Um, and I also wanted to, I think I'll do in the second hour, I'm going to read a little bit from the essay on fairy stories about J.R.R. Tolkien's defense of fantasy for adults. But first I'm going to play a little clip from J.R. Tolkien reading from The Hobbit. So there's all, uh, this is from the J.R.R. Tolkien audio collection. And there's all kinds of wonderful little, um, just little treasures here. Some, most of them are very short. Like, um, actually, the old walking song is only 17 seconds long. But it's so wonderful to hear the professor read his, old, read his own work. And... I especially love to hear him speaking the Elvish, so we may have to definitely play something like that. So here is, the first little clip here is from The Fellowship of the Ring, A Long Expected Party, The Old Walking Song. This is J.R.R. Tolkien. The road goes ever on and on, down from the door where it began. Now far ahead the road has gone, and I must follow it if I can, pursuing it with eager feet until it joins some larger way, where many paths and errands meet, and whither then, I cannot say. So that was reading the old walking song, and of course we must hear him read the um, verse of the ring. So this is from um, chapter 2, The Shadow of the Past, J.R. Tolkien and... The Verse of the Rings. I cannot read the fiery letters, said Frodo in a quavering voice. No, said Gandalf, but I can. The letters are Elvish, an ancient mode, the language that of Morgoth, which I will not utter here. 
This in the common tongue is what he said, close enough. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, in the darkness bind them. There's only two lines of a verse long known in elven law. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. And that J.R. Tolkien, the verse of the rings. So the next thing we're going to hear is Sam's Rhyme of the Troll from the chapter Flight to the Ford. And so this weaves the, the stories of the hobbits and the Lord of the Rings together because, of course, the trolls are first encountered in the Hobbit movies by Bilbo and 13 Dwarves. So here's Sam's version of the story, J.R. Tolkien reading, Sam's Rhyme of the... Sam's Rhyme of the Troll. Standing up with his hands behind his back as if he was at school, he began to sing to an old tune. <coughs> a troll sat alone on his seat of stone and munched and mumbled a bare old bone. For many a year he had nodded near, for me it was hard to come by, some by, come by. In a cave in the hills he dwelt alone, and me it was hard to come by. Up came John with his big boots on, said the troll, pray what is yon? For it looks like the shin of an Uncle Jim, I should be a loin in graveyard, caveyard, paveyard. This many a year has Jim been gone, and I thought he was loin in graveyard. My lad said, troll, this bone I stole, but what be bones that lie in a hole? Thine uncle was dead as a lump of lead, afore I found his carcass. Arky, marky, he can spare a bone for a poor old troll. He's got no use for his carcass. Said John, I don't see what the likes of thee. With an axe in leaves, you go make him free. With a leg of the shin of my father's skin. So hand the old bone over, rover, trover. Though dead he be, belongs to he. So hand the old bone over. For a couple of pins, as a troll and grins, I'll eat thee too and gnaw thy shins. A bit of fresh meat will go down sweet. There'll be a nice change from the uncle, sunkle, drunkle. I'm tired of gnawing old bones and skins. There'll be a nice change from the uncle. But just as he thought his dinner was caught, he found his hands had hold of naught. Before he could mind, John slipped behind and gave him the boot to land him. Warn him, darn him, a bump of the boot in the seat, John thought, would be the way to learn him. But harder than stone is the flesh and bone of a troll that sits in the hills alone. As well set your boot to the mountain's root, for the seat of a troll don't feel it, deal it, peel it. Old troll laughed, but John did groan, for his poor toes did feel it. John's leg is game since home he came, and his bootless foot is lasting lame. But Troll don't care, and he's still there, with a bony bone from its owner, donor, boner. Troll's old seat is still the same, with a bony bone from its owner. 
And that was J.R.R. Tolkien with Sam's Rhyme of the Troll Flight to the Ford. This is KUCI in Irvine. This is What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Tenuviel, and we are celebrating the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, the master of Middle-earth, in celebration of this coming Sunday, March 25th, Tolkien's Tolkien Reading Day and the birthday of one of the most amazing elf princesses on this planet, Vanna Ladiel up in Washington. And so we will be staying for the second hour, but uh, while we're in this hour, I wanted to dedicate a little happy birthday song in Elvish to Vanna up in Washington for her birthday coming up this coming Sunday. How lovely that your birthday, and just two days before mine, a lot of, I guess, elf princesses coming about in the time of spring. And here is a little something for you, my dear friend. Happy birthday. And there you have it, Marianostar Elian. Happy birthday, my friend. This is KUCI in Irvine. We are celebrating the works of G.R. Tolkien. Gwen Elf, if you're still hunting for that passage, we have one more hour. If you'd like to call in and share a passage, especially from The Hobbit, we are celebrating this year on Tolkien Reading Day, 75 years anniversary since the publication of The Hobbit. Can you believe it? How the world has changed through the works of this master linguist, J.R.R. Tolkien. I know my life has been greatly enriched through not only my discovery of these magical worlds, but through the friends that I have made as a result of my interest in all things Middle-earth. So you just never know where your adventures will take you. Got to meet the wonderful Hobbit, had two and a half years that we had so much fun here. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, in case you're wondering where that beautiful voice of the Hobbit is, um, he's off on some other adventures for a time. So hopefully we can uh, lure him back once his um, has his adventures resolved. You know, Bilbo was gone quite a while with those dwarves, so one never knows. But we come as uh, as an elf. I will. I never give up hope <laughs> that he will be back. So we are coming up to a station break and the top of the hour. We will be back for a second edition of What Would Arwen Do at 5 o'clock today, the Blue and Gold Report, which is highlights sports and interviews from UC Irvine with Mark Roberts, is taking a little time off for this week and next week, a big... Um, Good luck and best wishes and good energy going out to all the students who are um, studying and taking finals this week. And then, of course, uh, next week is spring break, which is time to kind of catch your breath. So, uh, but we'll be here and uh, we'll be celebrating birthdays. 
So as I mentioned before, happy birthday this coming Sunday to Vanna. And I guess happy birthday to me too. <laughs> and to everyone whose birthday is in March because my elvish perspective on birthdays is that one day is not nearly enough time to celebrate the magnificence of a human being. So it must be for a whole month. So whenever uh, someone wishes you happy birthday, I always like to wish people a happy birthday month not just a happy birthday day. So, yes, so many things to celebrate. We're going to take a little break. Um, and let's see, I want to, wanted to play something. Oh, let's play just to end this segment and to get ready for the next one. Um, let's hear from the Hobbit trailer, the little excerpt of the Song of the Misty Mountains Cold. And we don't know who's actually singing this. It might be um, Thorin Oakenshield. Well, obviously in the trailer is Thorin Oakenshield. But um, there were uh, things that were, um, like in the Fellowship of the Ring, we have Ian McKellen singing. So you never know. So here is Thorin Oakenshield and company with the Misty Mountains Cold. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live at KUCI.org. Far over the misty mountains cold Two dungeons deep and caverns old KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And we're having a second hour today of What Would Arwen Do on every Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m. And streaming live at KUCI.org. If you'd like to contact me, please give me a call. Please contact me at... Uh, Ask an elf at yahoo.com. Let's have a little transition music here, and I will be back in just a moment. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. <laughs> 